The Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. John the Baptist appeared preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was of him that the prophet Isaiah had spoken when he said, A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. At that time, Jerusalem, all Judea, and the whole region around the Jordan were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God can raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Even now the axe lies at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I am baptizing you with water for repentance. But the one who is coming after me is mightier than I. I'm not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into this barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. I want to invite forward all of our early childhood children who are here to sing this morning together with their, uh, with their teachers. Thank you. Thank you so much, boys and girls. Raise your hand if you are excited for Christmas to come. Yeah, thank you for singing those Jesus songs for us as we get ready for Christmas. You know, there's a lot of things we got to do to get ready for Christmas, right? Things that we do to get prepared for Christmas. Yeah, lots of things. Lights, we put in decorations, we buy presents, all this good stuff. But you know what? Today, we're talking about someone who was getting ready for Jesus the first time he came. His name is John the Baptist. Hi, guys. You going to help me? You want to just hold my hand? No? All right, buddy. <laughs> His name is John the Baptist. He's actually the cousin of Jesus. Raise your hand if you have cousins. Some cousins are right up here, aren't they? Yeah. And John the Baptist said, we got to get ready for Jesus. And he said this one really special word. He said, we've got to repent. What does it mean to repent? You know what? To repent means to turn around to turn around. You're going the wrong way. you got to turn around and go back the right way. So we're going to practice this. Can you help me with this? Yeah. All right. Let's go see how this works. But all you, would you come down here on the flat part of the floor? Sorry, Mrs. Milky. I'm going back and running you over. Okay. Do you know how to march in place like this? Okay. Now, what is behind you right above our heads? Can you everybody turn and look real quick? It's Jesus, right? So this is how we're going to learn how to repent. Remember, repent means we're going the wrong way. So we're going to pretend we're marching that way. And when I say repent, we're all going to turn and look at, the, uh, look at Jesus on the cross. Got it? 
Let's try this. Ready? We're going the wrong way. Repent! Let's try it one more time. Make sure we're all together on this. With me? We're marching. We're going the wrong way. Repent! Turn that way. Okay, look up there. We all did it. All right. Good job, guys. Now, here's the thing. Here's the big thing. Here's the big thing. Last thing. It's not just turning our bodies back to Jesus. It's turning our hearts back to Jesus. Because sometimes in our hearts, we're going the wrong way and not doing what Jesus asked us to do. And when we hear repent, we want to turn our hearts back to him and say, I'm sorry, Jesus, and I want to change. You know how to do that, don't you? Good. So when you hear the word repent, remember, I'm sorry, Jesus, and I want to change. Thank you so much for singing. You can go back to your seats now. Thanks for helping me out. You did a great job. Well, I just want to welcome all you families from our school who are here with us this morning. We are so thankful you're part of our Trinity family. You know, my family likes to take these big epic adventures. I often like to talk about them. They're like the highlight of my year. So if you have ever been out west, we love to travel out west. If you've ever been out west, then you can probably have seen how uh, absolutely a forest fire is so devastating. You come across this section of a national park that's just been devastated by a forest fire. And if you've ever been close to one, then you might know how terrifying they are. Now, on one of our Milky Family Avengers a couple years ago, we were in Glacier National Park. This is actually a pretty small little forest fire, but it was literally like about five miles from us up and over the hill. And we kept looking at it going, if that comes up over the hill, how are we going to escape and get out of here? Because we were on this one little bumpy road all the way up there. And like, how are all these people going to get out of here? But you might also know this, that a forest fire can also be good. It's part of the renewal of the forest, part of the the natural cycle of things. A forest fire can do things like clear the brush, the the forest floor. It can kill off all of those uh, insects, uh, invasive insects or a disease. It provides new habitat for the forest animals, nutrients for the soil. And then there's one particular species, like this, or there's several actually, that need the forest fire to every three to 25 years to actually come through so they can survive. And one of them is this species right here called the lodgepole pine. Now what's interesting about it is its cones are sealed off in this rather thick serum or this sap or, or resin. And it actually needs the forest fire to come and melt the heat of the fire to melt that sap and that's what opens up the pine cone and then spreads the seed. That's why after a forest fire, the lodgepole pine tree is sometimes one of the first things to begin growing again. In fact, they can sort of, sort of spread like wildfire, pardon the pun. So as we listen to this really fiery message from John the Baptist this morning, kind of hopefully makes us sort of sit upright a little bit, we can be terrified by it. Or maybe we should be terrified by it, if we're like a bunch of these smug Pharisees and Sadducees, these really religious people that were coming out to John and thinking, I'm good. I don't need to really grow. I don't really, I don't, I don't even want to grow. I don't need to really do anything. I'm good just the way I am. 
I mean, if we keep on resisting God like that, and we're not listening to him, and we're stubborn, and we don't want to change, John says dead things get thrown on the fire. We're dead. We're going to get thrown on the fire. Or we can listen to John, and we can hear a warm invitation to go ahead and enter into this fire. Now, it'll be devastating at first, but afterwards, much like the forest fire, there'll be growth and there'll be life. That's because John said about his cousin Jesus that when we're baptized, Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Spirit and fire. The fire comes and it destroys what is not bearing fruit in us, what is useless like chaff. It destroys our sins. That's what happens in baptism. But it also gives us life because we're given the Holy Spirit. And as we'll say in the Creed in a moment, the Holy Spirit is the Lord and the giver of life. And so John says, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. When we repent, as I told the children just a moment ago, it's not just, oh, I'm just really sorry, I feel really bad. I bet moms and dads, you tell this to your kids all the time, don't just say you're sorry, change. There has to be fruit if we're really going to change, if we're truly, really repenting. Now, what is this fruit? We might hear the word fruit and think, well, it must be like results, right? You're not really religious. You're not really repenting unless there's results. Jesus wants results from you, much like your boss. Produce results or you're fired. That's it. But fruit's a lot more than that. Think of what fruit is. Inside of fruit are the seeds that give life to that species. Or that fruit is food for us and gives life to us. Here's the thing. You are made to be a life giver. You were given life, but you are also made to give life. And what keeps that from happening? It's our sin. Our sin is essentially that we're selfish. I don't want what God wants or what, I don't care what other people need. I want what I want. Sin is like that sap on the lodgepole pine cone. It leaves us stuck in on ourselves, closed in on ourselves. I mean, it's so, it's so ironic. We, we say to God, you know, we resist God. I don't want what you want, God. But then we get mad at God when he doesn't give me what I want. Or I use people to get what I want. Or I see them as an obstacle in my way to get what I want. And then I can't figure out why I'm alone and, and why I feel so isolated. And people don't want to be around me. I think that life is all about making me happy, but then why am I so bitter and angry and jealous and greedy? Because I've completely turned in on myself. If we have life, then we will bear fruit and give life. But if we don't, if we don't bear fruit, then that means we're dead. We are dead in our sins. And that sticky, sappy, selfish sinfulness and dead things are thrown on the fire. Or we can hear this invitation and we can actually turn to Jesus like we taught the children. Turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, go ahead and bring the fire. Go ahead and melt that stuff away in me. 
Go ahead and burn up anything in me that's not bearing fruit. Burn up what's, what's useless, Lord. Bring the fire. Melt it. Burn it all away. Now, it's going to hurt, just so you know. It might even be devastating. Sometimes Jesus has to bring the fire on your life. Maybe something devastating happens to you. The temptation is to say, well, then God doesn't love me. God doesn't care about me. And to actually turn away from him. Don't do that. Turn back to him. Trust him. Bring it to him. Put, put it on his altar right here. Take it and, and offer it up to him and trust that somehow he's going to grow something good out of this. See, Jesus is also patient with us, and so sometimes what he does is he lets us bring that fire on ourselves. We just, we actually do it to ourselves. So maybe we're an addict, and it's not going to change. Nothing's going to change until we crash and burn. Or maybe we've got a secret sin that we've been hiding away. Nothing's going to change until it all blows up. Now, by the way, you don't have to wait for that to happen. You don't, have to, you don't have to wait until everything explodes. No, no, no. You can bring it to the fire now. You can expose it to the fire right now. You can bring it to confession. That's what it's all about. Bring it to Jesus and say, Lord, i got to change. I can't keep doing this. Before you destroy your life, before you destroy the lives of your loved ones, before, well, I guess while the fire is just smoldering a little bit, before it's blazing, but then there's one more way that I think we bring the fire on ourselves. It's not quite as dramatic, but it can be just as destructive. Don't raise your hands, but I just want to ask you if any of you these days are feeling a little burnt out. Or maybe you've been through a season of life like that. And what we do is we, we tend to blame other people for all the demands that they make on my life, and it's just burning me out. But when we're honest with ourselves, we realize, no, 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 I've done this to myself. And I've done it to myself because I'm stuck in my pride. I think, I can do it. I can do her. I'm a machine, man. I can do anything. And I'm just going to keep pushing and grinding and going for all my dreams and getting my goals. And I'm just going to go, go, go. I can do it. I am like God. Newsflash. <laughs> no, we're not. We're human. And we're finite. And you can't put out anything that's not first put in. You can't bear fruit unless you have life. That's why when we're burnt out, we're burnt up. And we feel like, I got nothing left to give. Precisely, because you can't give anything that you haven't first received. But again, this is the chance when you're, when you're burnt out, or if you're beginning to feel the signs of being burnt out, this is the call to us to, to repent, to go ahead and return to the fire and to look to the Lord and say, Jesus, go ahead. Help me cut out and throw on the fire and burn up. Help me to eliminate the things in my life that are, that are useless, that aren't bearing fruit. Help me to make room in my life for the most important things to grow. And you know what they are. It's your relationship with the Lord and your family, and your friends. It's the passions that God put into your heart that just make you tick. Those are the things that fill you up, and they give you life. 
And then when you have a life, you're not just sort of grinding away the stuff that's burning you out. No, no, when you have a life, then you have life to give. Now, we shouldn't expect immediate results. We always want immediate results, but just think of that forest fire. It takes a long time, doesn't it, for the land to heal and for things to begin to grow and for that forest to return. It takes a long time. Or for the lodgepole pine cone, for the, the, the resin to melt, the, the seeds to go into the ground and things begin to grow. It takes a long time. It may take a long time before you see fruit in your life. But here's my point. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the fire. Yes, the fire hurts sometimes. And the fire is the fire of his judgment on your life, the things that gotta go. But the fire is also the fire of his love. Jesus brings the fire because he loves you. That's why we can then turn to him and say, bring the fire, Jesus. Melt it away, burn it up. And then send your spirit. Open me up, Lord. Open me up like that, that pine cone so that the seeds can spread. Lord, open up my heart to you again, bringing me back to you, or maybe bring me to you for the very first time. Lord, open up my mind to see the possibilities that are in front of me each and every day. Open up my ears so that I always listen first to hear that cry for help. Then open up my mouth and I can speak those words of encouragement to others. Open up my hands so that I can be generous and share what I have Open up my eyes, Lord, so that when I look at other people, I don't see someone to be used or someone that's a, a, an obstacle in my way, that I would see each person as this opportunity to show your love. In Bible class last week, we just had this beautiful discussion about, honestly, the simple ways, everyday life, that we can share that love, that we can spread just little seeds of God's love every day in our lives. You know, it's as simple as something like this. By looking somebody in the eyes, right? Because that says, I see you. You matter. Or by calling somebody by name. I'll pick on you, Mel. Because that says, you're known. Or smiling at somebody. Because that says, you're a gift. You're a gift to me. You make me smile. Or by just simply asking, how are you? Sincerely, and then taking the time to listen, because that says, I really do care about you. Or how can I help? That says, you know what, you are worth it. I'm, I'll do whatever, I'm, you are worth it. Or maybe even as the Spirit leads you, can I pray with you? Because that says God really wants to listen to you. And then maybe when We've done those kinds of little seeds, plant them out there. Maybe that the warmth of our love begins to open that other person up. And then we get a chance to say, can I tell you about my Savior, Jesus? And we plant little seeds in them and give them life. You are a life giver. You are a life giver. So let's take this just for a brief moment into prayer your own personal prayer, what needs to be melted away, what needs to be burned away so that you can be opened up 
and give life 